Good afternoon. This afternoon, we're going to explore yet another facet of Christ's uniqueness. That is the part of the unsearchable riches that are found in Christ. You know, in Christ, there are unsearchable riches. Ephesians 3, 8. Not unsearchable as in they can't be examined or they can't be known. Not that kind. We're not talking about when we say unsearchable riches in Christ, we're not saying that they can't be found out. It's just that they can't be, there can never be a point where someone will search out all there is to know about Jesus. His riches are past finding out. It's like trying to chart the entire universe on a map. We can never reach the borders of his person or be able to fully comprehend in every sense of the word comprehension his worth. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in him. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in him. People may hit a wall, so to speak, about what they can see and understand about Jesus, but it's not because they have seen all there is to be seen about Christ. It's not like Christ has been exhausted. In such case, it's due to their own understanding being exhausted. See, the limit is not at the supply. The limit is on the receiving end. The well is much larger than the bucket that you use to draw from. And this is why we preach Christ. And we preach him to the church, to those who are on the inside. Perhaps someone has yet to explore the facet of Christ that is being expounded. And perhaps they have, perhaps they have seen something about what is being presented and it give them the opportunity to express that to the edification of the entire assembly. And this is why I endeavor to bring you these things about our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you forsaken all to follow him? Are you serious about seeking after and knowing God? Have you made it your aim to be well-pleasing to him? Have you given him your whole heart and your whole mind and your whole body? Can you say with the rest of your brethren that you esteem the knowledge of the Son of God as the greatest thing in your life? Worth trading anything for? And are you seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness? If so, then be comforted, brothers and sisters. Jesus has riches for you today. Riches. Things that are of eternal worth to you. Today we will be considering this profound truth found in Colossians 2.10. And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. It's in him that you are complete. Now, humanity was created in the image of God. God said in Genesis 1.26, Let us make man after in our image after our likeness. There is no personality that has ever been created in the entire revelation of creation that shares such an intimate association with its creator other than mankind. Let that sink into your ears. Men were made in the image of God, in the likeness of their creator. Mm -hmm. To be fashioned after the image of something 
is to be fashioned after its traits and likeness. If I made a statue of a bird, it wouldn't be an actual bird. It would be a graven image of a bird. It's not a bird. It's a carved piece of wood. A painting of a sunset doesn't contain all the glory of the actual sunset. These things ought to be obvious. In the same way, God made us in his image. Yet God is not flesh and blood. He is a spirit. Man was not created as God. He was created in the image of God, sharing his qualities and likenesses. The carving of the bird has a resemblance and a likeness. If somebody were to look on it, they would see the creature in the carving, the image. Just what are some of the resemblances between God and man that are apparent? Well, mankind, when he was created, was given dominion over all other creatures. In fact, the very first thing that God said after let us make man in our image was let them have dominion. Those are the words that came out of his mouth right after he said, let us make man in our own image. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Genesis 1.26. In other words, he was fitted with aptitude to, to possess dominion. See, this is something that we can see about God. God does not create things for his purpose without providing them with the ability to carry that purpose out. If man was to have dominion, God made sure that man was thoroughly furnished for that end. The fact that we were created in the image of God testifies to a purpose. Revelation 4.11 says that we were created for his good pleasure. If it was his good pleasure to create men in his image, then it's also his purpose to reveal something concerning himself to his creation through mankind. The purpose to, it's, it's to glorify God. The purpose of the image is to glorify the God who made us. We were made to serve the Lord and to know him. Therefore, man is no free moral agent. He serves somebody, whether it's Christ who is supreme and overall or whether it's Satan. He serves somebody. It's just that Satan has become very good at duping people into thinking that they serve their own interests when, in fact, by doing so, they are doing his will. And I'm building a foundation here for us to rightly consider what it means to be complete in Christ. And I found that Genesis, the book of beginnings, is a great place to start when it comes to revealing the purpose of God. See, completion has to do with finishing a work. And in the beginning, God created man in his own image after his own likeness. Man was made with an ability to think and to reason. Notice that all of the animal world operates primarily on instinct and not cognition. There is an aptitude. There is a perception. There is a comprehensiveness that we possess that animals do not. We know this not only because man is the only creature declared to be made in the image of God, but because it's obvious and evident. Why do people have a desire to create things 
from raw materials. To innovate. Why is artistic expression limited to man? What animal puts their thoughts down in a book or is moved by music? How is it that people measure and perform calculations and organize and plan? Why is it the tendency of man to search and to explore and to discover? What is it about the spirit of adventure that captivates a man? Why have virtually all societies held to certain moral standards or possess a belief in some form of deity, regardless of their involvement with one another, spanning space and distance and time? All of these things, brethren, are testifying to the fact that we were created in the image of God. And it says that he created man and woman in his image after his likeness in verse 27. The image is not all inclusive to man. And then the woman shares the same attributes. No, it's man and woman was created in the image of God. I understand that, gen that gender is kind of under assault in, in our day, but the fact is, is that men and women are very different. Yeah. They're different creations. For example, the woman is known for her beauty and for her nurturing aspect. The man is known for his strength, just to name a few. Together, husband and wife compose one flesh. Yeah. But this is... This is not the end of the matter for man's completion. And I reject the notion presented by some people today that a man is truly complete in a marriage to a woman. If that was the case, no, no person once married would ever divorce, right? If man was truly complete, if he had everything that he needed in marriage, there would never be divorce. The flesh may be one, but a person's relationship with God is not according to the flesh. Now, when man was created, he, did, he had no bad appetites. He had no sinful passions. There was no sinful lust in him. There was pure innocence. And yet, this did not prevent Eve from being deceived by the serpent into disobeying God. Neither did it prevent Adam from hearkening to the voice of his wife. And when the image was corrupted because of sin, the dominion was lost. Sin entered into the world through the disobedience of Adam. The heavenly image of mankind was corrupted. Mankind became alienated from God, from the very God who made them in his image. And as a result, death reigned over man. They were enslaved by sin. Sin was the master. Even if they wanted to know God, they couldn't because of the great chasm that was between them. And this was confirmed when the law was given. It showed openly that, that, that men were not only by nature unlike God, but that they, they were actually enemies. They were enemies of God, enemies in their minds through wicked works. All men, this is recorded, all men fell, fell short of the glory of God. The commentary of the scripture that there was, there was none righteous, 
there not not one all went aside incomplete marked by and in bondage to sin driven by the flesh and enslaved by the fallen nature mankind sought after satisfaction through any means other than god that's the corruption there to to search after to search after something other than god the image in them to drive them to god once corrupted drove them from god the corrupt image caused mankind's beautiful likeness to their creator to become skewed for example people call for justice to be served when a crime is committed against them but when they commit that same offense towards another person they often attempt to avoid justice Justice turns into vengeance. People avenge themselves. The marriage bed desires turn into fornication and debauchery. The singleness of marriage turns into polygamy. Relying on, relying on and trusting in something for provision turns into trusting in the arm of men to deliver you. Pleasing God turns into pleasing man. See, it's a, it's a skewed. Sin has skewed this image. People in this corrupt state desire all the benefits from God without God himself. However, no full satisfaction can ever, nor could ever be found anywhere under the sun. I walk into a bookstore or a library and you'll probably encounter a section entitled Self-Help. See, mankind almost intuitively knows that they are missing something. They need something, and they don't know what it is right away. They say things like, well, we're only human, and no one is perfect. And, you know, we all make mistakes. And people actually say these things out of their own experience of imperfection. And they have this intuitive standard of perfection somewhere in the recesses of their mind. And they understand by experience that they seem to fall short of that mark. Man's life is filled with experiences of regret, poor decision making, failure, hypocrisy, and the inability to carry out his will. So he searches for a remedy in friendship, in hobbies, in social status, in work, in play, in gaining possessions, in education. In help programs and books, and even in personal merit, achievements, and goals. No matter what people seek wholly after, whether it's wisdom or wine or silver or gold, or their own labors and achievements, or their status among men, the conclusion to the matter was and is vanity. Now, I know that Satan has duped some. Some people, he has lulled some people to sleep through these methods. But anyone with any real intelligence realizes that once we die, we are going to have to give everything that we have here up. And some may argue that the answer is out there. We just haven't found it yet. And perhaps at some time in the future, a utopian society might be built. Almost as if some people have this faint hope that progress is just around the corner and a better day is soon coming. 
But we find that tomorrow never comes like they say. And there are problems. There are wars and rumors of wars and government shutdowns and earthquakes and hurricanes and sickness and crime and women murdering their babies and boys being told they're girls. And in the name of progress and freedom, nonetheless, and I could go on and on. But the point is that people not only know that there is something very wrong with themselves, but with the world they live in as well. How could anyone, how could anyone hope to find true satisfaction and completion in such a place? And this is just not my assessment. It was also the assessment of a man named Solomon, one whom God told wisdom and knowledge is granted unto thee. And I will give thee riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had that have been before thee. Neither shall there be any after thee. The like on this earth, no one has ever or will ever have as much intelligence as in terms of worldly knowledge, money, possessions or fame as this man had. And he said, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. And because he was smarter than every other man, we can't say, well, he just didn't know what he had. Solomon just didn't, he just didn't understand what the kind of things that God gave him. He just didn't understand that. No, he fully understood what he had and he concluded that it was vanity. Thank God we have a greater revelation than he did. We have a greater revelation of what happens once you die. And there's a greater than Solomon that's here talking about being complete Jesus and you are complete in him the image that we are created in will naturally cause us to not be truly satisfied with anything other than the God who made us as long as mankind is alienated from God they cannot serve the purpose to which they were created they're without people that aren't reconciled to God are without purpose And that's a scary thing that awaits sinners in hell is a lack of purpose. They're made in in the image of God, but without purpose. In hell, there's no work. There's no music. There's no building. There's no creating. There's no friendship. There's no community. There's no identity. There's nothing to learn. There's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. There's no point of existing and yet existing. In hell, there is only torment, a being estranged forever from the God who created them, forever incomplete, forever seeking to be satisfied and not so much as finding a drop of water, alone with their thoughts, forever and ever. If God is eternal, then anything that is made in his image cannot pass away how could something that's made in the image of god of an eternal god ever pass away flee from the wrath to come and hide yourself in jesus christ yes jesus came he came god sent his only begotten son he did the work jesus did the work necessary he suffered 
alone, he, he tread the, the, the wrath of the Almighty God and the winepress of his wrath alone. He lived a perfect life as a man. Jesus was a perfect man in every sense of the word, perfect. He was without sin. He was a sinless man. I dedicate that to all those churches that have signs on them that say no perfect people allowed on their doors. It's not the wisest idea to put something that would make Christ not feel welcome. This perfect man, Jesus Christ, offered up himself as an atoning sacrifice for the sin of the world. Having completed the work, Jesus satisfied God. Enough enough about men being unsatisfied and men being incomplete. God was not satisfied because of sin, and Jesus satisfied God. He paid the debt. And he ascended on high, and he is seated at this very instance at the right hand of God, where he is the head of all principality and power. And that, brothers and sisters, is why you are complete in him. He forgives and removes your sin, making mankind finally acceptable to God. He reconciles us to God. He purges guilty consciences so that men can serve God. He creates a new heart in all believing men that is sensitive to God. And God writes his law on that heart. He gives sanctifying power to say no to sin, to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, and to live soberly and righteously in this present world. He gives a way of escape for every temptation by giving all who come to him grace to help in the time of need. He gives you power to resist the devil, armor to stand against his attacks, and weapons to tear down the strongholds of Satan. He gives those who believe all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Do you see the completion? This is completion. He gives us songs in the night and joy in the morning. He gives us a joy unspeakable and full of glory. He gives a peace that passes understanding. He gives everlasting consolation and good hope. He gives us exceedingly great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature. He gives us spiritual gifts and a place in the body so that we will know him. He gives us trials and tribulation and even persecution so that we may be refined and fit for our heavenly purpose. There's a completion. In him we are complete. And that is this, there is nothing, there is absolutely nothing outside of Christ that mankind has need of concerning his eternal soul. There is nothing that you need outside of Christ. There is nothing to be obtained outside of Christ. There is nowhere to go outside of Christ. In him, we are complete. Jesus told us, Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. You won't have to go anywhere else. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. We are complete in him. 
God has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, found in the person of his Son. Jesus opened up the way for a man to be born again. It's a new and it's a living way. It's not of Adam. It, Christ is the last Adam. 1 Corinthians 15.45 He's the head over all. He's the central figure in salvation pertaining to men. And his progeny, his offspring, is a new race of men, a new creation, fully furnished, a complete man, fully furnished and able to serve God, a hundred percent serve God without hindrance. If God has told you to do something, you have the ability to do it. If God says, go and sin no more, you're fully furnished in Christ to do that. And these things add up to this, complete men of God. You possess power. You possess a purpose. You possess access. You possess a desire and an ability to serve God. See, God isn't rehabilitating the old person. He's written off Adam. He's the head of all principality and power. Jesus himself is the main component to man's completion. And without Christ, men remain incomplete and are heavily lacking. Their lives testify to it. Anybody who's honest knows it. They're not just missing a, a, a mere part of their completion, but the most vital and crucial part. Without Jesus, men are missing out on the reason for their intended existence. And I praise God to be blessed enough to live in this age of completion. Amen. Thank you, brother.